Welcome to the Wealthy Circle Podcast, where we take a deeper dive into this year's finalists and winners from our wealthmanagement.com industry awards. These interviews cover the challenges, innovations, and trends in the wealth management industry and the individuals working to help advisors better help their clients. Hello, and welcome to the Wealthies Podcast. This is the podcast where we speak to those who have won our wealthmanagement.com industry awards, the awards that recognize initiatives designed to help advisors succeed. My name is David Janowski, and I'm the Senior Technology Editor here at wealthmanagement.com. Today, I'm speaking with Amanda Robinson, Director of Model Portfolio Business Development at Fidelity Investments, and Bill Spera, a Director of Market Research at Fidelity. Amanda, Bill, thank you both for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Well, let's, uh, how about let's set the stage for us today. What, what are the main problems or issues uh, you guys are addressing or solving for advisors? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So I can go ahead and start out on that from the Fidelity front. So my role at Fidelity is working with financial advisors and ultimately helping them grow their business and bring in new clients by focusing on what to do with their investments and how to be scalable and efficient in the investment management arena. One of the challenges that we see advisors are facing today are the emerging demographics and the difference in expectations between the clients that advisors may have today, meaning the baby boomer generation, and just the different things that the emerging generation like Gen X, Y, and Z are looking for out of a financial advisor. I think a great example of that is just the growth and the focus on financial planning and how the emerging demographics, Gen X, Y, and Z, are really not just hoping that a financial advisor can provide that, but expecting them to. And a couple of real numbers to put behind that, the average baby boomer, we looked at some fidelity data and we asked baby boomers, what do they want from their financial advisor? And around 23% of them said they wanted full comprehensive services. The majority of them weren't necessarily looking for financial planning. When we look at the emerging demographics, Gen X, Y, and Z, we find that 58% of that generation wants comprehensive services. So ultimately, when we look at some of the challenges facing financial advisors today, we think the difference in what those generations are looking for and ultimately, the shift towards a more planning mindset just adds some challenges to what advisors are used to doing today. Interesting. As a, as a Gen Xer and someone who's covered the, the boomers over the last decade, I can, I can relate to that. Bill, do you have anything to uh, add there? No, I would just say that, yeah, I would agree with Amanda. We do an investor insight study, and that's definitely the case that we're seeing. You know, they have a lot of knowledge around investing. And so really, when they're working with an advisor, they do want to go after some what we call higher value stack type services or higher value delivered services, such as help with budgeting, finance around their family, healthcare expenses, college savings, you know, some of the planning uh, related services, as well as thinking, you know, how can I achieve everything I want to achieve in my life? You know, and do I have the financial support or will I have enough finances to support that going forward? So I think they're looking to advisors to kind of become more holistic advisors for a lot of aspects of their lives beyond just money management, which is where they probably were traditionally more focused, where advisors were more traditionally yeah. more focused. So that's definitely something that we're seeing from our own investor data. Yes, I can I can attest to sometimes it uh, takes advisors uh, developing whole new muscles to uh, to to 
work with younger clients and different demands. Well, to, to both of you, what, what are some of the trends you guys are seeing in the market these days? Sure. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny, we were just talking about, we have just done earlier this year, we did a study that was sort of a, a trend study on outsourcing in the industry. And we did the study first back in 2018, and there was a fair amount of outsourcing across various business functions by advisory firms. Um, and we did the study again this year because we wanted to see how much that had changed, if at all. And it does seem to be the fact that across a number of business functions, including investment management, that firms are outsourcing more, either outsourcing wholesale, some of the functions to third-party firms, or else working in conjunction with third-party firms around things like financial planning, investment management, but then also things like marketing, IT, et cetera. So it definitely seems that there's been a movement towards working more collaboratively with third-party firms in a lot of different business function areas. Oh, I was just going to say, I would just tack on to that. One of the things that we've seen in terms of trends from an investment management perspective is actually the amount of financial advisors that are starting to outsource investment management and portfolio construction. So through that survey that Bill was talking about, we found that almost half of the advisors today are already outsourcing investment management and portfolio construction. And the piece that I think is really interesting about that statistic is that's actually 9% higher than just three years ago when we did our last study on this topic. So you're really truly seeing not just the amount of advisors that are doing it, but the growth in the space, which has really been meaningful. Well, that, that I was just going to say that's an anecdotal that supports greatly the the anecdotal evidence I've gotten from interviewing lots of advisors. Uh, first, to what Bill said, but with the statistic there, definitely that's 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 uh, crazy. I think a lot of it's probably due to the the experiences advisors have had during the pandemic. I don't know if you have any kind of evidence around what what you think that is is that the main factor, or or what do you guys at Fidelity think? I think there's a lot of things happening in the industry. There's, you know, the whole shift to fee-based business due to the regulatory concerns around operating in the client's best interests has forced a lot of firms to think about, you know, from a regulatory perspective, I can't be recommending um, investments that are outside of the, what might be deemed um, by compliance as acceptable. So I think there's a bit more of home office playing a role in kind of what advisors are choosing for investments when they're working with clients. So I think there's that whole sort of trend. I think the pandemic, we did see a big um, boost in terms of the percent of outsourcing of IT, which obviously during the pandemic, that was kind of the, the main way that advisors relied on connecting with clients. And we did see from our investor study as well that for people who are newly advised or who are trying to switch advisors during the pandemic, the primary ways they found them were through like social media channels or even online review type things. So they were coming to clients via non-traditional ways previously that might've been through word of mouth or referrals from friends or colleagues. But I think, you know, the pandemic did heighten sort of this need to get their affairs in order. So they were reaching out to advisors um, more digitally and, I think that's partially driving what we saw the increase in outsourcing of IT and marketing actually as well, probably help with digital marketing as well as um, social media marketing in this latest study that we did. So that's definitely one trend that's coming out of the pandemic, but it does seem like, you know, across the board, we did see a lot of the other functions, including investment management increase 
uh, versus 2018. So I think there were already some um, industry trends in play that were sort of impacting the drive towards wanting to outsource more of your business functions, including uh, investment right. management. That makes sense. And yes, I I gather there probably weren't nearly the the number of uh, golf course referrals last year that one might have seen in in years past, <laughs> or meeting meeting your exactly. next uh, your next IT provider at a conference, an in-person conference. So that does make a, make a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, to wrap up then, what, what do you guys see as some of the, the challenges for, for the industry in the future, the near future, and maybe a little ways out? Yeah, it's a good question. So one of the challenges that we really see is just how advisors are really going to adapt to the demands from the emerging demographics and really how they're going to allocate their time effectively to do that. So at Fidelity, we're really focused on something called a value stack, which basically, if you think back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is a pyramid that is surrounded by really individuals' wants and needs, and to make it to the next level, you have to fulfill the existing one. Well, at Fidelity, we took the framework around Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and we applied it to an advisor's client needs, and we really came up with four different elements of value that are really based on a pyramid. And at the base level, like the food, water, shelter, and Maslow's hierarchy needs, well, we think that's managing the money. It has to be done well, it has to be done effectively, but ultimately, just like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, people they want and they need more than just the food, water, shelter, the basic things you need. So for financial advisors, we're finding that their clients want a lot more out of that, not just investment management. But we find some of the other elements of value that clients are looking for out of their advisors are things like helping them achieve financial goals. I like to think about this as the question of how am I doing? So if you think about it, when a client used to walk into an advisor's office and say, how am I doing? Typically what it meant is how am I doing compared to my benchmark? How am I doing compared to the S&P 500? Hmm. But now what we're finding more and more is when a client comes into an advisor's office and says, how am I doing? What it actually means is how am I doing towards achieving my financial goal? Being able to answer questions like, am I going to be able to afford to send my kids to the best college that they get into? Or am I going to be able to retire on time? If I get sick when I do retire, am I going to be able to afford to pay for it? These are all higher value items that advisors are providing to their clients. And we think in order for advisors to remain competitive, they're going to have to shift towards a more planning mindset and not be as focused on the baseline of managing the money. So there's a lot of different ways to do that. But ultimately, we think advisors need to spend less time managing money and focused on investment management and more time providing higher value items and financial planning to their clients. And I would just uh, echo that, you know, from the outsourcing study, we did see that for advisors who were outsourcing investment management more, they estimated that they saved about 11 hours a week doing so. And then they're reallocating some of that time to client-facing activities, either prospecting or business development or deepening existing client relationships, which allows them, as Amanda said, to kind of move up the value stack and provide more value to their clients beyond just managing the money. But I also think it's important to think that it's not sort of an all or nothing proposition. We did hear from some advisors that there's some resistance to kind of, well, investment management is kind of my value proposition. That's what I'm best at doing. But even among the advisors who were heavily uh, involved in designing portfolio construction for their clients, there was a segment of clients where they said, oh, their needs are demanding, or I feel like their needs are simplistic enough, or they don't have enough assets in certain areas that I think I can probably 
um, utilize either a model portfolio or a managed account to fulfill kind of their investment objectives. So I think, you know, it's not an all or nothing proposition. So advisors can pick and choose where they want to utilize third parties to help them with investments for their clients, which will then free them up to actually spend more time with clients instead of managing the day-to-day of the investments. It's been interesting to hear that, uh, hear, hear this research you guys have have gathered because it, it does reinforce a lot of what has really been anecdotal talk uh, when I've been doing interviews and things over the last few years. Well, that's just about all the time we have today. Uh, I want to thank our guests, Amanda Robinson, who's the Director of Model Portfolio Business Development at Fidelity Investments, and Bill Spera, Director of Market Research at Fidelity. Guys, I, I appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And I'm your host, Dave Janowski, Senior Tech Editor at WealthManagement.com. And I want to thank you for spending a little bit of your valuable time with us today. This content has been made for information and educational purposes only. The views and opinions represent the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of WealthManagement.com.